0: Perception, perception is reality, reality, perception is reality, reality, some talk shows think all of their opinions are right, this one, this one knows they are. This is Perception Is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, or well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is
1: this guy for real?
0: Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception Is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbury.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this 97th episode of Perception Is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury, and it is wonderful to be with you. Thank you all for giving me a little bit of your time, no matter if you've been here from the very start or if you've been here just for the last few episodes. Again, thank you and welcome. Please do your part to help bring new folks to the platform by sharing the show with everyone you know. Of course, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites simply by Googling the phrase Bilbury Podcast." That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y podcast. Of course, you can find us on the home link, which is perception.fireside.fm. We are on all major podcast hosting sites. It's easy to find us. If you would, jump on over to Facebook, where I also put on a live video version of the show every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Tuesday and Saturdays are reserved for these audio episodes, but I put on a live at 8:35 because it airs at 8:35 p.m. live video show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilberry318. All right, so let's get into today's episode. It's going to be a controversial episode, I promise. ...because of the topic that we're going to be discussing. Obviously, we're still here at home. Everybody's doing the whole shelter-in-place COVID-19 thing. We're going to be doing this for a while, folks. Uh, just no matter, it, no matter if the government's open back up, no matter if people start venturing out, COVID-19 and the fear and the unknown is going to be with us for a while... So we're just going to have to ride it out. But at least we have each other. However, it has produced some pretty strange debates because of what people want, what people don't want, what people are willing to do or not willing to do or what they're willing to accept. And I want to say this before we even get into it. We do not shy away ...from the hard topics. We do not shy away from talking about the hard subjects here. This is a place where liberty and freedom lives. It's a place where we can agree and we can disagree. And we can agree to disagree. We are all adults here and we understand that no matter if you're Republican... ...or Liberal or Democrat or Conservative... That we are all adults who use common sense. And I know, I know I'm going to make you guys mad from time to time. Things that people do make me mad, but we all just roll with the punches. We understand that nobody agrees 100% of the time. And we're all smarter and better for it. If you shut down ideas and you shut down topics just simply because you don't like it, Well, then you're no better than the people that we're railing against here. You guys know that. I'm going to do my best to make the complex, the difficult, the hard, the sketchy, the unknown, understandable, and able to be dissected. I'm going to make the complex understandable, and we're going to do that together. And this is going to be one of those episodes that not everybody's going to agree with. Everyone's going to have their own opinion on what should and shouldn't be happening. And it's going to start a conversation, and that is what I'm here to do. I'm not here for you to agree with. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to make you talk. I'm here to make you think. So, in just a little bit, we're going to be joined on the phone with Rachel Atwood. Now, you might not know her name. She is a mother, a wife, that lives in Jensen, Michigan. And even though you don't know her name necessarily off the top of your mind, if you've been on Facebook or social media... In the last couple of weeks, and, and let's face it, who hasn't been? That's the only place people have been because of this deal with COVID 19. You've probably seen one of her viral videos. Atwood made a video that went viral. It was a quote unquote rant video while she was inside a mire. Grocery store and department store in Michigan because of what her governor had told Meyer they could and could not sell. See, it wasn't Meyer itself saying what they were going to sell or not sell. Oh no, it was the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, look, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat like I said, or conservative, libertarian, whatever you want to call it, Gretchen Whitmer, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is not doing what she's doing because of health and safety. No. She's doing what she's doing because she's on a short list of possible vice president candidates for Joe Biden. And so she is putting politics over the health, safety, and the liberty and freedom of her constituents, of her citizens in Michigan. And that's what I have a problem with. And I believe that's what Atwood had a problem with. Because she is in this Meyer store, and there are items that she can buy, there are items that she can't buy, because Governor Whitmer from Michigan, Democrat, decided what was essential and what was not essential for Rachel Atwood's family. But did Whitmer know Rachel Atwood's family's needs? Did she know what was going on there? And before you discount Rachel Atwood... Don't just discount her because you think she's a Republican or a conservative and she's just wanting to go out here and infect everybody and open open up all of the cities and open up all the businesses because of capitalism and because of making money. No, listen to what she has to say. And before you make your opinions and before you pass your judgments, which you shouldn't be doing, listen to her story, listen to her reasoning. Not everybody knows what everybody else is dealing with. And there are circumstances in people's lives that help them decide what their beliefs are. You know, depending on what you may or may not be dealing with in your life because of your partner or your children or your station, your situation in life, that makes you... Act and behave and think the way that you do. The same as it does me. The same as it does Rachel Atwood. Rachel's not a crazy person. She's not a racist. She's not an anti-vaxxer. She's not a conspiracy theorist. She's not a never-Trumper or always-Trumper. She's a mother. A mother with a story that she's going to tell you and you're going to hear it here in just a moment. And I want you to simply consider what she has to say. And we're going to be able to then go out into the world having this information, having our thoughts and feelings, and be able to have discussions and talk about what we believe and why we believe it. I'm not asking you to agree with everything she says or disagree with everything she says. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with everything she says. I'm just asking you to listen to her point of view and base your opinion off of that and that makes you and all of us better people. But this is her story and we're going to let her tell it and then we decide where to go from there. But I'm getting ready to play her video here so you can hear it. I'm going to also again put the link in the summary of this episode so you will be able to click on it so that you can see it and so you can listen to it because it helps to be able to see and listen. But you'll be able to at least hear it here so you can get the gist of what we're talking about as we bring her on. Here's sound clip number one.
1: Look at this absolute ridiculousness. Can you believe that we're being told what we're allowed to buy and what we're not? I'm in Meijer right now. I guess it's technically a big box store and I can buy all that stuff, okay? But I'm not allowed to buy that stuff. This is sick. Is there anybody else as upset about this as I am? Um, so I can buy all the cushions I need back in the garden center, but I'm not allowed to buy the chair that the cushions go on. Do you like being told what you're allowed to buy and what's essential? What's next? What else is Whitmer going to tell us you can't purchase? Oh, no beanbag chairs for your children. But you can go buy the stuffed Olaf right there, but you're not allowed to purchase any of this. You guys want to see what else is banned in this store? Now I'm not mad at Meyer. They're just obeying the law. But are we gonna put up with this, people? Who's coming with me on Wednesday to the Capitol? Because I've had it. See this whole section here? We've got all these signs saying, we know it'd look great in your home. However, as a part of the stay home, stay safe, executive order, we're not permitted to sell furniture. Really, what about somebody who just moved? What about somebody who needs to be able to sit in their home? What's gonna be next, you guys? This is not gonna stop. So look, we can buy your cushions. You can sit on those but you can't buy the furniture to put them on. What else that is considered essential is going to be taken away from you next? This is a slippery slope, and you guys need to start getting upset and you need to start doing something about it. I'm doing something about it. I've already written emails to my legislators. You need to find out who your Senator and your House Representative is, and you need to start emailing. Because if you're okay with this, there's something wrong with you. I would like you today, and I've already done it, I'm gonna do it again. You need to get on the website and you find out who your house representative is, you find out who your senator is, you email the speaker of the house and you tell them that we're not okay with this. Because we put them in office and they are supposed to be representing us. I know Roger Victory is my representative and he'll be hearing from me. He'll be getting a phone call and he'll be getting an email because they're allowing Whitmer to do this. They're allowing her to ban us and tell us what we're allowed to purchase and where we're allowed to shop. Why can't everybody be open? Who gets to decide what's essential and what's not? Because I'm telling you, what's essential is different for everybody. And you wanna know what's essential for me? Therapy for my son. Teaching my son how to speak. Helping him develop his fine motor skills. What's essential for you might be different than, than what's essential. And yeah, D, if I lived in California, I would get fined $1,000 for not wearing a mask in public right now. So, you guys, this is my breaking point. What's yours? Do something. And if you need help doing something, you let me know and I'll get you connected to your representative.
2: All right. That was Rachel Atwood's video that she made back on April 10th at a Meijer in Michigan. Again, the link will be in the summary of this video so you can click on it and watch and hear the entire video but I wanted to play it for you so you could hear it but now before you jump down her throat and get crazy because how dare her being out in public bitching about this and why isn't she home and I don't understand this or I don't understand that before getting all crazy with all of that why don't we listen to what she says and try to see things from her point of view with her situation. And so we're getting ready to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be joined on the phone by Rachel Atwood. But we will also be joined by another voice. And that voice will belong to someone I call CC, And that stands for Carla Carnes. Now you might be like, wait a minute. I know that name, Carla Carnes. Where, where have I heard that name? And that's right. I interviewed Carla a couple episodes back. And after the interview, Carla and I got to talking. She's a small business owner. She's currently out of work because of all this going on. She's somebody that cares about what's happening. She likes politics, likes being involved. She was interested in the whole podcasting process. So I said, hey, I've been wanting to get other points of view on the show. I've been wanting to get somebody who could offer a different set of thoughts and opinions and feelings and beliefs. So why not try this? This out. So when we come right back from break, we're going to be connecting on the phone with Rachel Atwood and CeCe, Carla Carnes. You're listening to the 97th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry We'll be right back.
3: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19.
2: Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Perception.
0: Perception. Perception is... Reality. Reality.
2: Welcome back, everyone. I am Christopher H. Billbury. This is Perception Is Reality. And you're also being joined by C.C. Carla Carnes. And we have right now on the phone with us, Rachel... Atwood from Jensen, Michigan, and I want to go ahead and get right into it. Rachel, before I went to break, we let the audience listen to your video. Of course, they can watch it by finding you on Facebook or by simply going into the summary of this episode and clicking on the link but you're not somebody who is all crazed. You don't have massive political agendas in mind. Let us know how we got here. I mean, obviously, we're all affected by what currently is happening. Nobody wants to get sick. Nobody wants to get anybody else sick. So we're definitely all affected by this pandemic. But besides the pandemic... We are also dealing with the situation that our government is putting us in. If you're a business owner, if you're someone who has not been allowed to go to work to make money, if you have a situation where you have routines because of special needs children or or other scenarios, we're being affected by this pandemic, but we're also being affected by the government. So why don't you Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here. Well,
1: it all started when my kids' schools were shut down. I do work part-time during the day. I have a small business that I work from home that I've been doing for 12 years. And I do that in conjunction with both of my kids being in school. My, my youngest, my five-year-old son, uh, he is autistic. And he has just begun really developing his speech. And so his programs at school are essential we also bring him to an ABA therapy center. Uh, and we do all these things to, to help him develop his speech and communication skills because early intervention um, has a, bi- a cumulative effect on how he does when he's older. So we know that right now, it's the most important part of his development. And so when my son was suddenly cut off from all of his services, I immediately became concerned and wanted to know, all right, what are what are the risks of this virus and are they, are they really worth taking away services from all of the people in the state who have any kind of special needs? And that's when I really started looking, okay, what is this really all about? That is what got me questioning and searching was the immediate removal of all of the valuable services that we need for my son to be able to thrive.
2: Would that have been like around the 13th, 14th of March that we're talking?
1: Yes, the 13th, 14th of March, um, that was... Uh, that was when the the kids were done with school. So March 16, the following Monday was the first day um, that the children had no school. But at that point, we were told it was just going to be for a few weeks for a shelter in place. And before that was was even over, um, Governor Whitmer announced there would be no school for the rest of the school year, which upset a lot of us because we wanted it to be made on a We wanted a reasonable decision that was made based on the current data, not on future assumptions. And that was my first red flag, is that she was making sweeping decisions based on current information that was going to be changing. What we wanted to see was decisions being made as the situation unfolded, um, not a reactive decision based on assumptive data that she did not have.
3: Rachel I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. The special needs that your son goes through and the things that he needs to help him thrive and to develop his communication, have they reached out to you at all to like give you pointers at home or to offer assistance in any way?
1: Thankfully his his teachers and his therapists care very deeply about what's going on and uh, they have been sending us emails with suggestions of activities that we can do from home. Um, All of these are things that I have been doing Uh, From the very beginning, I I practically pride myself in being a part-time physical therapist and speech therapist for my son.
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: but But I simply can't replicate, and they can't replicate, the program he's in. He is in an inclusive autism program where they have him with regular preschoolers because we know a big aspect of autism is social. We did do a Zoom conference call yesterday with his therapist and his teacher, and he got to see them on the tablet hmm Um, uh, but we simply can't replicate the program that he's in or the services he provides. Um, Such a
3: bigger support system when he's within that group that he's used to. So yep. that and makes sense he, to me. That's sad.
1: Yeah. So um his therapists and his teachers are doing everything they can if schools um are are do going above and beyond, but the problem is they simply can't do what is needed for these kids from afar. Sure. They simply can't.
3: That's heartbreaking.
2: Absolutely. Let me ask you this. So you sound really on top of things. I have the impression that this is not your first foray into politics. Have you been involved before or what's going on there?
1: You know, this this is not my first foray into politics. This is my first time having to defend our civil liberties. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My son was banned from all of his services and from school for for three weeks um, by our health department uh, two years ago, it wasn't actually a year and a half ago, um, wait, which, wait. which violated the American with disabilities act. Yeah. Um, uh, we t- attempted to defend ourselves and their attorney basically said, we're not backing off and you can take us to court over it, knowing that we couldn't possibly afford to get our son back in school.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: That was because there was a case of the chicken pox in the school. My son had not had the chicken pox. Um, he had not had the chickenpox vaccine. Both of my children have an underlying genetic condition which uh, predisposes them to adverse reactions. It is unsafe for my children to be vaccinated. The, the levels of aluminum, polysorbate 80, um, and the aborted fetal DNA—they simply can't handle it. We have an inflammatory reaction. Okay. And so, um, because because of that, he was not allowed to be in school and was cut off from services for three weeks. Um, and and we did everything we could to get him back in school.
2: For his protection? And
1: supposedly. So um, that... <laughs> even... He doesn't have... Um, he's not immunocompromised. Yeah. Uh, he simply can't handle synthetic chemicals being injected into his bloodstream. It, for him it would be deadly. He has since actually gotten the chicken pox and so now uh now he would be able to la- be allowed to be in school because he's had the real deal.
2: Sure. I just wanted to make he- sure that people were aware they weren't protecting anyone from your son. They were they were protecting you guys from you know, which is so in my opinion, overhanded by the government. They're yes, protecting so, yeah. you from and- everyone else.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. It was was supposedly for his protection. Uh, We argued that him missing three weeks of services. Um, When he was banned from school, he had said mommy for the first time. Oh, wow. Just just a month before
3: it was heartbreaking.
1: Um, That was when his speech was just beginning to emerge. And uh, that's when I got heavily involved with, with a group called Michigan for Vaccine Choice. Okay. Um, because uh, we do currently have the rights in Michigan to choose which ones if you want to delay. They are not an anti-vaccine group. Uh, This group supports the decisions of parents to be able to choose which ones and when. Um, The current vaccine vaccine schedule has 73 vaccines um, for children and some people just aren't comfortable giving six at once. So uh, this organization supports people
3: um, making their own medical choices on a case-by-case basis rather than having a one-size-fits-all. Yes. Something that I think is awesome that you brought up is there is such a stigma about people being anti-vaxxers or vaxxers, and I don't think a lot of people look at the situation that you were in where your children's bodies cannot handle those. So I think that's really eye-opening for people to know. Like, I think a lot of people just think it's either they're denying it because they don't like it, they forget that there's medical reasons. So that's, that's a good point to touch on. I yeah. think people need to know that. We're not doing it to be
1: trendy or granola. Many of the people in that group <laughs> exactly. um, um, used to and then they experienced an adverse reaction or had something very scary happen and then have decided that that was no longer something they could do for their family. And so uh, most of the people in that group are not uh, they're not doing it to be trendy or um or, or think it just sounds like a good idea. These right, people yeah. have not made they, they have not made the decision lightly, not at all.
2: Sure. And now jumping back to the current events, did you participate in the protest that happened on the way to the state house or at the state house in Michigan?
1: I was unable to attend due to my son. Um, okay. I was I was actually planning on attending, but my husband is quote unquote an essential worker. Okay. Um, and in his schedule uh has been unpredictable and his schedule changed and uh, he was going to work um, i was involved with promoting the event i did not plan the event but i do have friends that were ones that were kind of the grassroots that were behind that I, and so I was helping them promote it. I was sharing it with my friends and then uh, shared a lot of the live feeds onto my page
2: while it was happening. Sure. And, and for the record here, I want to state you are not part of an alt-right uh, organization. You don't have a problem with black people. You don't have a problem with foreign people. You're not racist, Correct.
1: No, definitely not. Okay. Well, but, and the reason
2: I ask that is I I heard, and i have not actually seen anything that said this, but I, I don't know if you're familiar with the group, the Proud Boys, or not. But uh, I no, saw never that heard of them. Uh, you said you have.
1: No, I've never heard of
2: them. Okay. All right. That's interesting. So I, I I have heard from a couple of organizations that a group called the Proud Boys, it's it's an organization uh, that is is around. I've, I've followed their actions for a while. They call themselves Western chauvinist. And when they say that, that's not, they're not using the term meaning a male chauvinist or they're not, you know, they have women that, that are involved with their organization. They have people of color that are involved with their organization. There's an argument. Right now, that they are, um, you know, they're anti foreign or anti color, and that's uh, that's neither here nor there, really. I I don't think that they are. Uh, Personally, there have been people in those organizations, like in all other organizations, that do dumb things. It's just like you. I always say this if we live in a world where a priest can sexually molest a child, we live in a world where anybody in any profession can do anything. Uh, So if you're a police officer, you can be good or bad. If you're a doctor, you can be good or bad. If you stand up and you're a conservative and you believe in your country and what's right for your country and your people, meaning all people in the country who are white, black, whatever then there can also be people in that organization that can be bad, and they have had dumb things happen in the past, but what I've seen was there has been a big push to say that the Proud Boys organized this, and that people were in danger, and folks weren't being able to get to the hospital, and, you know, this this your your governor's really pushing this angle that this was such a dangerous deal. I mean, have you guys heard of anybody up there? Was anybody Uh, denied medical treatment? What happened there?
1: I said I wasn't there. However, I followed all my friends live feeds and we were uh, texting and people were documenting and uh, taking pictures. And uh, the leaders of this movement reached out to the police ahead of time. Sure. And they w- and they made it very public saying, this is something we're organizing and we we want there to be no reason for anyone to be in danger. And so in advance, they had contacted all authorities so that they could make sure they didn't end up with a traffic jam in front of the hospital. And so that was actually prepared and pre-managed. We do have photos and drone footage to prove that the entrance and exit to the hospital was not blocked and had full access. So we, we do have photo proof and video showing that, that was ma- we wanted to make sure that that could not be used against the event, knowing that that was exactly what they were going to do. We knew the rhetoric was coming regardless and people unfortunately will believe what they want to believe. And so when Whitmer lied um, and said that we were endangering lives, and that simply wasn't true. Um, I, I do believe there was a case where there was a chemo patient that had difficulty finding their way to the hospital because they took the wrong route <laughs> right. um, and, and ended up on a crowded street. Um, there was an open route to get in. Uh, and so, uh, of course, there, there were some people that were inconvenienced by it. But that's why we made it so public so that people could make plans in advance.
3: Sure, Kara, you had a question there? As far as you guys having routes planned, <clears throat> I think it's amazing. and it sounds like it's just another reason for them to place blame on people speaking out. So I've recently seen where they had some emergency hospitals set up at different areas to you know accept the covid patients. And there was one particular facility that was set up for at least a thousand beds and that they ended up even removing they're all empty um, uh, down to two fifty yeah, they're all so they're, they're empty. that amazed me. that amazed me. So it seems like it makes you wonder what kind of stance do you think the governor's having? Like, what do you think her background is for being so pushy about everything and being so overbearing with everything?
1: Yeah, and that's what we're all asking ourselves. We're looking at the information, we're looking at what she's telling us and everything isn't lining up. And you, it, that's when you start wondering, is there another agenda? Like what, sure. we're trying to find a logical reason for the choices she's making. And although I was upset that school got canceled, at that time, we were told things were going to be really bad, there was a lot of fear coming at us from the media, but as time has gone on, nothing has measured up to the information or the measures that have been taken. And what really pushed me over the edge and caused me to go live in (laughs) mire was seeing that we're starting to ban items in the store, and I just don't understand how her actions Are our line up with what the what goal she's attempting to achieve, and if the goal was to flatten the curve, we have done that, so why is she not telling us. um, Get or giving us a plan for opening up the state she gives us no hope. Nothing, there is no mention in any of her speeches about hey when we achieve X. Then why will happen? There's nothing in her in her rhetoric that gives us any type of end goal that can be measurable. We just have these broad generalizations of of fear and panic and blame. Yes,
3: without without the insight of hope being at the end of those, or her saying, you know, this is why we are doing this, and when we, ac- we achieve this, we will start on this new thing. And uh, some of the interviews I've seen with her, and some of the articles I've recently read with her. It's almost like it's just more of a political backing for her, like to her to get her footprint and down so that people can notice her politically. Do you agree with that at all? No, I agree.
1: Uh, That's the only logical conclusion I can draw. And
3: obviously, I can't pretend
1: to know the thought process of of why she's doing what she's doing. Um, But it's become very clear that she would love to be the vice presidential nominee for Joe
3: Biden. Yep. That's what I was going. She's
1: she's, she's gone public with this. We know this. These are things that have been publicly expressed. Unfortunately, it's like all attention at this point is good attention, even if it's the bad. She's on the news. People know who she is. And uh, when you take anything to an extreme, it's going to give you a lot of that attention. And I know that, obviously, the nation's watching her. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is getting her a lot of free press. She's not paying for this campaign that the press has taken with her.
3: Right.
1: I I just don't like how she's using the the attention to create fear because Thomas Jefferson so eloquently said that when the people fear the government, there's tyranny. But when government fears the people, there's liberty. Yes, absolutely. she (laughs) She is definitely using fear and threatening tactics in all of her rhetoric and no hope and nothing that would unify the people in Michigan.
2: Absolutely. Is the the movement of the people that are are starting to push back, are you starting to see this have an effect? What what are you starting to notice as far as that goes?
1: The protest did exactly what we wanted it to do and even more. Um, If you are able to look at any drone footage, you can see that there's tens of thousands of people that showed up. So regardless of what the news showed you, Um, We now have information out there showing that we're united, that we've risen up. And now we knew that this was not going to get Whitmer to back down. That wasn't the goal. Our goal is to get our legislators to grow a pair and do what they need to do to save us from a governor who's gone rogue.
0: Yeah,
3: I agree with you there because we are who put them in office and they are supposed to represent us. And to get this point out to them, that is like the bottom line. So it's pretty frustrating that you feel like they're not there to back us during things like this. So I understand that. And that's an amazing point to get across, too.
1: Yeah. And so we we had no intention of attempting to change Whitmer's mind. That was not what this was for. Right. Uh, We were completely prepared that she was going to double down. And her response was she was implying that this whole shutdown is now going to be extended because we had this irresponsible protest that is somehow gonna spread this disease around. But we already knew she wanted to extend this whole shutdown for 70 days. And our legislator said no, only till the end of April. Again, she wants to make uh, a sweeping motion that affects months of our future rather than what's going on in the moment. Sure. Um, so we already knew her intention was to keep us shut down into June. That hasn't changed, but now she's trying to use us as a scapegoat, which is only creating division uh, between That's the two amazing. groups, the people that are fiercely defending her and screaming from the rooftops that we are going to kill everyone, <laughs> and then people who are going, <laughs> okay, no, it, it, these are the messages I'm yeah. getting from people on Facebook. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. But I would like to point out that there's people being denied medical care and surgeries because it's not COVID-19 related. There, there is a gal who shared that she's a colon cancer survivor. She's currently experiencing symptoms that indicate that her cancer is returning. She needs one of those uh, full contrast scans to be able to see whether or not the the cancer is back in her abdomen. And they have denied her that. They said that if it's not COVID-19 related or an emergency, they are providing no services. Oh, my goodness. And, and I, we're, hearing, we're hearing stories like this all over the place. I myself am currently experiencing some rather distressing symptoms re- that could be related to a gallbladder issue. My doctor said he'd like to do an ultrasound, but we can't do one. And that even if I needed surgery to remove my gallbladder, they wouldn't do it for me. That is just unbelievable. And we got people who are suffering from mental health conditions, such as depression, anxiety, PTSD none of these people are receiving any services so if we truly wanted to keep others safe and save lives we would not be willing to ignore the needs of everyone that happened to fall outside out of the covid19 situation
3: well and something i also read and this touches base with the medical issues and this the part of saving lives that you just spoke about um i read as astounding numbers of the amount of people that died of overdoses, for instance, um, mm-hmm. in Michigan, like just last year, and the amount of suicides. And it seems like the numbers were so outrageous, The people were starting to get upset because they're wondering why Whitmer all of a sudden is concerned with people's health when these big catastrophes that happen a lot, she's never spoken up or tried to put anything in place to protect those. So it, it goes back to kind of saying, she is using this as just a platform, Uh, Just to get her name out there, but also like denying certain things that actually have high numbers of of fatalities and and not speaking up against like she could have put in action several different things to protect lives before. And she chose not to until now. So that, that's a lot of confusion for some of the blogs I've been reading about people that live live in Michigan. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I don't understand that myself. Like, that makes zero sense other than political. Well, yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, why now? Why this? And
1: exactly. people, are, people are pointing out, like, okay, they haven't banned the lottery or smoking or pot because those are <laughs> – you know those those are right? those are creating taxable income for the government sure, sure um, but uh, but I'm not going to argue I don't like to argue with people about what's essential and what's not my point mm-hmm. is uh, every what what is essential for someone looks different than it does for someone else everyone's needs are different mm-hmm. for every job how do you decide what is essential and what is not
2: sure it exactly. varies
1: by every household but we live in a nation where we get to decide what's essential. We go out and we buy it for our family. We get to decide, not our government. Our right. government doesn't get to tell us what's essential and what's not. And so yes, my rant and Meyer happened to be in a furniture section and I have people throwing me under the <laughs> bus going, you don't need furniture, it's not essential. And I'm like, okay, seriously people, it's not. It's not about it's,
3: beyond the point. <laughs> it's not
1: about what is being banned. It's about the fact that they're deciding for us what we can have. And maybe you're not upset about lawn furniture or seeds for your garden or a crib mattress for your kid, but uh, this is setting a precedent for how we are gonna allow our government to approach any type of perceived health threat in the future. COVID-19 is is not as deadly as, as everyone was led to believe. It simply isn't. And I personally had the swine flu. I had H1N1. There were far more cases, and yet no schools were shut down. Exactly. Nobody, and, and when I got that, oh, was I sicker than a dog. I mean, it was terrible. Um, I did not have to be hospitalized, but I myself was quarantined for two weeks in my home. But I was so sick, there's no way I was leaving it. Oh, my goodness. Right. But it did not have to shut down all of the local businesses because there was a confirmed case of H1N1 in the neighborhood.
2: That's an interesting point and if for the folks that are listening uh to you I can't see you, so I'm not sure if you're wearing a tinfoil hat or not, but I don't think that you are. <laughs>
1: No, but I am wearing a U of M t shirt. So, for all you
3: Spartan <laughs> fans you know. out
1: there, all you Spartan fans and Buckeyes, I apologize.
2: <laughs> That's funny. That that could be what's wrong with you.
1: <laughs> and I, do, I, I do work for Michigan State. I wear a U of M shirt whenever possible.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. I, hey, we can't hold that against you. I completely understand. Bye. But that being said, you sound like a normal person to me. You don't sound like a crazy person. You're not denying the virus, you're not saying that this is a hoax. I've not heard you say that this is 5G you're not saying any of that you're just saying what are we doing and the problem is politics this should be a conversation like you were talking about you know being a nation where we decide what we buy we're not Italy, which is a very small country. We're not England, which is a small country compared to the United States. The same thing that's needed for New York is not needed for Eaton, Indiana, or the same thing that's needed for Chicago is not needed for Salt Lake City, Utah, or or any place in Michigan is not the same as LA. And this needs to be, one, a case-by-case, city-by-city, state-by-state basis and i would say allowing
1: county by county
2: yeah absolutely city by city
1: this should be county by county yes That's that's what i believe this should be treated as that's
2: why it's important that we have our local governments because they're the ones that are supposed to be closely in touch with us and they know what their citizens need and and they know their geographies and that's you're exactly correct but the other flip side of that is this is a conversation. So many other rights have been I won't I won't say that they've been taken, but we've we've given them up. We've given up so many other rights because of this. I'm not prepared to give up the First Amendment right I'm, I'm going to fight to keep that and this is a conversation and so it ought to be a situation where two or three or more people can look at different points that's the whole problem that's why people like you are pissed off and why I'm pissed off and why we're you know we're saying what is going on here because we're not even supposed to have conversations about this we're not allowed to talk about it we're not allowed to say well this is what we feel because everyone else is allowed to tell us how they feel But we're the crazy people, we're we're deniers, or we're, you know, anti-science, and and all that stuff is is insane. But I just, you know, it's important to me to point out that, you know, again, I don't know you personally, but you don't sound crazy, you're not, you know, you don't seem like a nutter to me, so... Um, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't,
1: you don't, you don't know me that well. Know me a little bit better. You may, you may change your mind. Uh, we are accepting.
2: Yeah,
1: well, okay. the The longer this quarantine goes on, the yeah. crazier I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yes,
2: yes, absolutely. So, what kind of feedback are you getting from your video or other videos that you've posted, or anything else that you are? doing in social media as far as this cause
1: there's only two responses response number one is absolutely i'm 100 with you response number two is your family deserves to die i hope you get COVID 19 don't you dare go to the hospital um wow i'm not joking i don't get anything in between right um on on some rare occasions i will have a friend post something about you know i don't agree with you this is very serious And they are open to conversation, but overwhelmingly, it's it's we are got our head in the sand. We're unwilling to have a discussion. You are killing people. I hate you. Or it's I'm just as upset as you are. It's there's this just this divide and it feels like there isn't room for the in between. And the people that are in between, they just get viciously attacked.
2: What side do you think is winning out?
1: Oh, that's an easy call. All you have to do is if you look on Facebook, uh, there is a group that was created that supports uh, Whitmer, Michiganders, for quarantine. I believe that's what they call oh, themselves. Wow. <laughs> members, members, <sighs> 50,000. Oh, my God. Michiganders goodness. Against Excessive Quarantine it has existed for one week, and it has over 350,000 members. Oh, my and God. Amazing.
0: Exponentially.
1: Amazing. Um And I've been contacted by people from, oh gosh, I think six different countries all over the United States. And I can tell you 99% of the people reaching out to me personally uh, by sending message requests um, are expressing their support. I've had several people just yesterday contacted me that immigrated here from countries that are either socialist or communist who said, please speak up. I've, I've lived in this. This is not why I came to the United States. And then about 1% of those responses um, are people that are sending um, a lovely little death threat note, which <laughs> I simply block and delete. Right. Absolutely. And so um, th- from what I'm seeing on my posts and on my viral video, the overwhelming response is support. Um, there are far more of us than there are of them. But what I hate is that we're even saying the us versus them. Um, Um, I want us to be a United States. I wanted us to be able, I want us to be able to get back to work, work while still being respectfully safe, but without disregarding the safety of everyone else who doesn't have COVID-19. Sure.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a tough, tough situation.
3: It is scary. And it's the division of everybody and their, their opinions with everything. And like you stated earlier, how you felt like these decisions are being made. Not off not off of actual numbers and that's the scary part of it our, our county has pretty low covid cases that they that have been reported and, and it does worry me because i can go county over and go back to work here after may but i won't be able to hear it may until may 23rd if all goes well
2: that's crazy and it's very similar to how crazy it is for the communities that are already shutting down the fourth of july festivities here in the month of april rachel what's going on in michigan with your governor whitmer and the hospitals and the different areas as far as testing and different courses of treatment.
1: Hydrochloroquine they've been finding has been incredibly effective Oh yeah, in, in treating and preventing it from becoming fatal. And we're in the midst of getting hit hard in Michigan. And she sends out this fun executive order saying, hey, doctors, we're going to prosecute you if you prescribe hydrochloroquine to your COVID patients.
2: Oh, my God. Before,
1: oh, my God. You didn't. Yes. But so and, and I mean, I, I actually printed up that notice and read through it because it was somewhat confusing because it talked about, um, hey, it's not OK for anybody to hoard hydrochloroquine. Um, it also said, uh, don't be prescribing it for other conditions other than what it's approved for. And then specifically in there, doctors may not prescribe chloroquine for COVID-19 patients until further efficacy has been established. That is exactly what it said. Four days after she did this, she had so much backlash from the medical community and from people saying, why wouldn't you let a doctor take a chance with something that has very little risk if we could save a life? Four days after she issued that, she rescinded it and then proceeded to try and bash Trump for somehow not giving Michigan the assistance that we needed (laughs) with hydrochloroquine we're like are you wow. you do realize you just tried to ban it four days ago and and now you're whining that we don't have enough of it that's the that's oops moment yeah that's, <laughs> that, that's so, she, so um we did we did not we did not like that but if you really think that she's concerned about the health of michiganders you just look back um at that order that she sent out ordering doctor's not to treat patients with what could be a life-saving drug.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. I just, I cannot believe that. Well, look, we are just about out of time. Before we go, uh, Kara, do you have anything else? I
3: just want to wish you the best for your littles. I understand the stress that they're feeling with not being around the school, and I can't imagine as a mother, like you, having to deal with your son not getting all the proper attention that he needs. I really hope that something works itself out for you guys there, and I wish you guys the best.
1: Well, thanks. We we appreciate the support, and I'm going to continue being nice, loud Loud and vocal in any way I can. That's, to, so keep that
2: up. that's what you've got to do. But before we go, where can people get in contact with you at?
1: They can follow me on Facebook. I, I will be continuing to post um, what you can do, how you can get involved, or helpful groups. Sure. Um, So on Facebook, I'm Rachel Bosher-Atwood.
2: And for those in Michigan, what's your group up there?
1: Michigan Against Excessive Quarantine Group. In the announcements of that page, I have created a form letter with a link to help you find your representatives. And if you don't live in Michigan, all you need to do is is Google who is my state senator and state representative and and put in your state. And it's going to give you a place where you can put in your address and find who represents you. My advice to you is don't whine to your governor. They aren't going to help you. You need to go to your representative and contact your senator and yeah. if you need a letter i've actually been sending my letter that i created out to anybody who asks for it and you can edit it to reflect your personal situation in your state that is
2: absolutely fantastic rachel i want to thank you for coming on and for everything that you've done great
1: thanks for having me on i appreciate it
2: great yeah no problem thank, thank you very you. much cc you did a fantastic job thank you very much And as far as you, the listener, you know the drill. Share the show, stay active, be safe, and God bless. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.